Last name ever, first name greatest. Like a sprained ankle, boy, ain't nothing to play with. Started off local, but thanks to all the haters, I know G4 pilots on a first name basis. In your city, faded off the brown. Nino, she insists she got more class. We know, swimming in the money, come and find me. Nemo, if I was at the club, you know I balled. Chemo, drop the mixtape, that shit sounded like an album. Who'd have thought a countrywide tour be the outcome? Labels want my name beside an ex like Malcolm. Everybody got a deal, I did it without one. Yeah, nigga, I'm about my business. Killing all these rappers, you would swear I had a hit list. Everyone who doubted me is asking for forgiveness. If you ain't been a part of it, at least you got to witness. Hello and welcome back to Gossip Happy Hour. This is your host, Riley Wilkes, and I hope each and every one of you guys had an excellent Thanksgiving. Hopefully you stayed safe, did not travel, did not have large gatherings of family members and but really did enjoy your Thanksgiving, because at the end of the day, it's not really how many people you spend it with, it's who you really do spend it with, and people you care about, and people close to you. And this week, I guess maybe it's because it's Thanksgiving, and also because of the huge amount of drama we had last week. Drama was a little low this week, because, I mean, compared to last week and all the whole snail incident, it's definitely going to be lowered. But we do have some interesting topics to go over, and I'm excited to get into it. So let's get into it. Let's get into it now. So we're going to start with... Do I want to start with TikTok or The Bachelorette? I'm going to end it with The Bachelorette. Let's start with TikTok. So TikTok Room is having like an award ceremony, sort of like a Kids' Choice Awards kind of thing, but with TikTok influencers. And it's actually kind of cool. They did get some blowback because the voting process kept like crashing, and they did it on a Google form. I'm like, they might as well start their own website. They have over a million followers. They would definitely get heavy traffic and ads and everything like that and have like an official voting process. But, you know. That's not really the point of it, really where you vote, it's just that you're voting, and it's like the nominees would be the same. So I'm just going to go over with you guys some of my picks that I made, and some like the contestants, and so, there was actually a surprising amount of contestants that were like controversial, they're like, wait, why is she on this, or why is this on it? So let's talk about the best topics. So it was basically like best style, best couples, best answer, problematic, least, and most, I think it's just least, yeah. Favorite TikToker, most achieved. Some of them were kind of the same. Kindest TikToker, best dance creator, best house, best YouTuber, best hair, best song, best diss track. Best song, best diss track can be like sort of the same things. Anyway, that's not really the focus of it. So I went some with some controversial picks. I'm not going to lie. Some of my picks were controversial. So I'm just going to go over some of my favorites. For celebrity best couple, I had to choose No One Dixie. I had to. I gotta support my boy no one out there, and I honestly think they're kind of like one of the realest couples sort of in actual TikTok. Like, compared to some of the other ones that break up every day, they're actually like always together. And Noah's a good dude, so. Some of the other nominees were like Zoe Lerman, Baron, which I don't know that much about, but they are pretty famous, and they're like, they seem adorable from what I've seen, but. Cynthia and Quinn, and I've just never loved them as a couple. Never. Like, I just. They're kind of like. Um, they're both young too, but like they seem kind of fake, but like I'm not gonna give that accusation that they are just because like we don't know any of them. Um, so that was my favorite pick and for I think this was kindest female TikToker, I put No, it was best dancer. Yeah. Best female dancer on TikTok. 
and I put Haley Sharp because I'm madly in love with Haley Sharp. She goes by Yodeling Haley on TikTok, and she is some of my one of my favorites. I think she's gorgeous. Someone else was obviously Charlie D'Amelio. Charlie, guys, Charlie's nominated for like ten nominations, and she's gonna win every single one of them. Like those fan pages out there are going to spam. They will not stop until she wins. So I'm just saying, like, don't expect any upsets of Charlie D'Amelio's nomination. And Delilah Harmon, who creates a lot of the big dancers. I, this might have been Best Dance Creator. Yeah, I think it was Best Dance Creator. Don't want to lie. And the next was fam Favorite Female TikTok Influencer. And mine was sort of a shock. So I'm going to give you, there was obviously, like, the Avani's, the Charlie's, Dixie's, the Brooke Monk. Brooke Monk, you don't. If you follow TikTok, you probably don't know who she is. But this girl has over 10 million followers. Her spam has over like 3 million followers. She has a loyal crowd. And I would not be shocked if she upsets somebody in these rankings. Because that girl has her fans. And she's not really problematic or anything. She doesn't do anything bad. But I actually voted for Riley Habatico, who I If you guys follow me on TikTok or looks too, let me plug that in real quick. She is, I do edit her multiple times, she's liked a couple of my videos, so you know, gotta represent, but I think she might be the most gorgeous person on this app. She, her makeup skills, she's at cosmetology school, I think she wants to become a hairdresser, which probably won't need to, but she's hilarious, she has great style, she's once again just gorgeous. Favorite male TikToker? I picked the Little Huddy. I know, I know, I know. I did. I love Lil Huddy. I'm in love with that man. Gorgeous. And I also think that he gets more hate than necessary based on the N-word that he did say two or three years ago. Not that it's right, of course, but I also think you have to put in perspective that if that was like a case in ruling out, then none of these people would be in these comments. But since then, the only really drama he's been in with is the whole cheating thing, which... He didn't really end up cheating on Charlie, I don't think. And then the whole, where he posted a screenshot, when everyone was trying to ex expose him for kissing Nessa when he was single, he posted a screenshot basically, like, calling out everybody else that does the same thing, and everyone was like, fuck you, why would he do that? Like, that's so false, he was trying to hide and put it on other people. He turned out he was like 100% right, and that's what people did do. So I'm going to give him credit for that. I'm going to give him credit for it, and I think... He's a good dude, and I love his TikTok. I love his style, which is one of my favorites. I also voted for him for best male style, because really, you see, like, Bryce and Josh and Noah, who I love them, but their style is, like, shorts and a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or no shirt most of the time. Bryce is actually, I think, going to bring back his old style, which is actually really cool. So we'll see. Maybe next year he'll have my vote. Best house was between Sway House, Hype House, Not a Content House. I think they were the only... Um, nominees, just because there's like only three houses, pretty much. Uh, I give Sway House. Um, I think they caused the most entertainment. Um, not a content house wasn't even in my mind. Because you have to think about like this two levels. What else do they produce besides TikToks? And not a content house doesn't pr provide anything else. Hype House main like the main members there have YouTube. The Sway House is pretty much a YouTube house. They also have a gaming house. I also I voted for Sway House because I think they provide more outlets besides just TikTok because they have a gaming house, they have a YouTube house, 
they each like release a couple songs. Hype House is mainly a TikTok and YouTube house. They, like I love them too, but like I don't think they provide as much talent as the Sway House does in like different areas, you know. And that's like when it comes down to that, like you have to think about those other options that like are available to you. Um, best song was between Nessa Barrett's Pain, Dixie's Be Happy, and Jaden Hustler's Angels and Demons. And this was a pretty easy choice. No, it was not. Dixie, I'm sorry, it was not Be Happy. It was Jaden Hustler's Angels and Demons. I don't think this is really fair because Jaden's like, not saying they're not real singers, but Jaden's like a, a real, real singer. Like, he has like multiple songs out. Like, that's his focus. He rarely posts on TikTok compared to the others. Nessa's. I considered Nessa for a little bit, just because I think she might be the most vocally talented out of the rest, but Pain is, I don't love Pain as much as I love, and that's maybe just being my style of music, but I, I think Angels and Demons is a fantastic song, great music video, great, like, story, too, that comes along with it. So then the next one was Best Dish Track, and this was kind of, this was a good, this is a good I think I know who wins, but it was a good, it was like a good question and good nominations. So it was between Loray's Cancelled, Josh and Bryce Hall's Still Softish, and Convenient by Griffin Johnson. So I obviously think Still Softish is going to run away with this award because the music video for it was just unmatched. And Loray has a small chance because Loray is the most recent and has the most... Still Selfish was, like, in February. And February seems like two years ago, especially with COVID and everything, that it might be sort of forgotten about by the time people voted. That's the only thing. But people still recognize it. It was definitely the best song. And unlike the other two, it sort of had a reason. Loray's was just, like, no one upset Loray to make a diss track. He just made a diss track about, like, tons of other people. Still Selfish had a focus. It was Lil Huddy. It was all about Lil Huddy. It didn't dive into, like, 13 other people that he's not even friends with. Like Loray's did. Convenient by Griffin Dial. I actually like that song. Like, I think it's actually a good song. I don't think it will win because I don't think enough people like Griffin compared to Bryce that it would. And people like the Dixie fan pages and the Charlie fan pages, that's who you have to win over. And these, like, sections where it's they aren't a nominee, you have to win over those pages because those probably provide a lot of the votes and they all hate Griffin because of the way him and Dixie ended. So I don't expect him to win. But I, I was close to voting for it. I think the lyrics are actually pretty good. But it, the iconicness of Still Sawfish is what took it over the top and what I ultimately believe will lead to its victory. And I think I don't think it will be close unless somehow Cancelled has like a superstar effect and wins. Which I, again, I don't think. Next was Best Fandom, and I actually went with, like, a surprise pick because I feel like he deserves some recognition, so obviously you have the Duncans with Charlie, you had Nessa Barrett, I don't even know if her fandom has, like, a name or anything, you had Addison with her fans, and you had Bryce, I don't, again, I don't think, there's a couple of male influencers where I'm like, do they, I don't think they have a fandom, they have, like, pages, of course, that do edits for them, but I went with Griffin Johnson, and I'll explain why. Duncans are the most annoying people on TikTok. They all comment the same thing. It's like, point of view, how many ch hugs Charlie gets. Point of view, you never hated Charlie. Point of view, if you're happy Charlie likes, gets 100 mil 
like this. Like, they, they just all beg for attention. Again, they're also a lot younger. They're probably, like, 12 years old. But they just bother me. They're annoying. Nessa, I like Nessa. I was considering Nessa for this. Bryce, I don't like, like, I don't know what Bryce's fandom. Bryce and, like, the Swayhouse Boys' fandom is more, like, the edits. and But also, like, sorority girls who don't have, like, pages dedicated to them. But I went with Griffin because I think he deserves some recognition and an award. And I've never seen, like, I've seen with other people's fan pages, Griffin's be any sort sense of toxic. Like, they never attacked Dixie for what happened. They never attacked Noah. And I think that's, when it comes to controversy that he was in, most fan pages would do that. But I think Griffin's... Griffin's a good dude. I really do think Griffin is a good dude. I think he's hilarious. I think he knows how to change his joke. But more importantly, I think he knows how to be real when he is involved in controversy and not play it down and act like... Give, like, a fake-ass apology. Like, he's not going to do that. He understands, like, the position he's in. And I respect that. Most achieved, it, it's Charlie DeMille. Like, it's not even close. Most we're going by simple achievements. Sienna May was on that. He was one of the most recent, like, sort of blow-ups. And it's because of how, like, positive she is. And she loves, like, body positivity and spreads awareness and all that stuff. But what else has she achieved? She has probably 10 million followers. Charlie, like, Charlie D'Amelio has 100 in a year. Like, Bryce Hall and Jaden, they've been doing it for, like, a year and a half. But Charlie's been doing it for only a year. And she has 100 million She's friends with Jennifer Lopez. She was in a Super Bowl halftime commercial. The only other person who's a nominee also that you could even consider giving it to is Addison because she's friends with the Kardashians. She's going to be in her own movie. She's Addison Rae. She's an icon. She has 70 million. But I think these awards are mainly about TikTok and mainly about their accomplishments through that. And for that, it's Charlie and it's not close. Charlie will win this award. I think she will win it by, like, with 80% of the vote. Or she should. Based on accomplishments alone with TikTok, she's $100 million. She's rarely gets involved in controversy. The biggest fucking controversy she had was a snail. Like, fuck that. Like, she deserves this. And I'm not even, like, a Duncan or, like, a huge Charlie supporter. I'm just like, it's obvious. He deserves it. Least problematic. Here's a couple options. And none of them, these least problematic, it's hard to find, like, non-problematic TikTokers. So, like, they had to reach. It was Anthony Reeves, Blake Gray, Lil Huddy, and it was, there was a couple more. I don't remember all of them, but that was, like, sort of the big three. And I considered all of them, and there wasn't a runaway winner for me. Anthony Reeves, I'm just going to go over each and everyone's controversy. Anthony Reeves had a MAGA hat that was in his room and spotted. He said everyone was going to sell it because, like, it's easy 3000 bucks because it was signed by Trump. People didn't believe him, so then he was like, okay, I'm going to donate all the money I get to Black Lives Matter. That was sort of his big controversy. People think he's just, like, secretly flirting with Amelie, Blake's girlfriend, who's also Ivani's best friend, and everyone shut down that rumor. So little things with Anthony, but I, I just don't think... It's, like, enough not to be problem. Like, I don't think he's big enough to, like, have the eyes on him like Huddy and everyone else in that, like, stratosphere of TikTok fan. Blake Gray doesn't really have lots of controversy. He's a pretty chill dude. He's in love with Amelie, obviously. Like, they're adorable. But I didn't pick Blake, and I'll just say that out loud, because I didn't love, and this is not really... 
like doesn't make him problematic. Like, I just didn't love his reaction to Alexandra Cooper. Cooper's tweets. It was proved that like he knew who he was and tried to drag down like another female podcaster. And she did sort of say stuff about his relationship with Amelie, but just based on what Amelie has told, he never said like. And she did make fun of the blonde hair, but it was purely from like a business thing. Like, hey, you got to go back to the black. That's what works the best. And he's attracted. Like, she didn't really tear him down. And then he sort of played the victim and took it too seriously. It's over now, but I picked Lil Huddy. And I know what you're going to think, Riley. Why? Lil Huddy's a raging racist. Yeah, no, he's not. He gets some trauma all the time. No, not. He really doesn't. He's a horrible person. No, I don't think he is. The N-word scandal was before TikTok. So if we're talking about TikTok and the N-word scandal, he actually did apologize, which you can't say for everybody else. He didn't play it off. He didn't, like say it wasn't a big deal. He did what, did what he did, he apologized, and he grown from it. The Charlie thing is the what really helped me back because we don't really know what happened, the screenshots were real or not. But I do question if him and Charlie were like serious at that time or what was going down, but I'm not going to not give it to him just based off that. And the only other thing was what went down with Jaden and him and Nessa. But again, he was a single man doing what single people do, which was kiss another single person. So like, I really don't think that rises the occasion. And I want—I did this more as a statement project. I don't think he is the least problematic there, but I wanted to solidify that people need to stop dragging him. And there's a ton of... The only people you see dragging him is what I think is also a bigger issue is white women. I've seen multiple people of color, mainly black women, like defend him and be like, he grew, like, you only stop hating on him. And I don't want to speak for them at all. But I've ne- I haven't seen one, like, really. I've seen a- only a couple degrade Lil Huddy. But the most people I do see is white women degrading Lil Huddy. And that's an issue. Because it is not your place to say whether he is a racist or not. Whether what he did was okay. Whether the apology was good enough. And it's it always is there. It's them saying it. And that silences people of voices that actually matter in this situation. People that we want to hear from. And that is an issue we need to talk about because it is everything. Every time someone gets dragged, you look at who's mainly the person, people in the replies, white women. Because white men don't strongly care that much about drama besides me, but like, and I've, I've been guilty of this too. I've been say if it's okay or not, but I just mainly speak on like other creators that I know that are real about it. And I think those voices should be uplifted instead of these white women who think they're saviors or activist by not listening to other people of color who actually experience racism in our world. That's why I picked Lil Huddy. Something else I was sort of, you know, shocked about the sort of award process was some of the nominations that like aren't, like they're on TikTok, but they aren't a TikToker. Like James Charles was included in like favorite male TikToker, best makeup, like James Charles is going to win those hands down, it's not even close. Like, I feel like this should be more of a way to, like, uplift creators that are just TikTok creators to maybe get them more follows and stuff. But, like, James doesn't gain anything. Like, James could give one less shit if he wants this or not. And, like, he also wasn't there for, like, best clapbacks, I think, like, other things. And it's just, like, he's James Charles. He has, like, 20 million subscribers on YouTube. He doesn't need these TikTok awards. He's not a TikToker. He does TikTok. But he's not a TikToker. So I just don't really think that's fair to some of the other. That'd be like for best YouTuber, like Danny Duncan. Like, yeah, he's all on TikTok, but like he's a YouTuber and like he would win that easily. Best YouTuber also put Bryce Hall because I do 
Thomas Petros, here, I'm going to sort of go over some of the other YouTubers, but Thomas Petros YouTube, I enjoy his content because it sort of gives you an insight about the Hype House, but it's not, like, anything about him. Like, in Bryce's YouTube, it's all about what he does, like, an event he has planned, a sketch he has planned for. But for Thomas, it's just, like, little bits of other people at the Hype House. You don't even, like, really see his face in it. And, like, that's nothing wrong with that if that's what people want, but, like, that's not, like, I don't think the best YouTube, like, available, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and then there were some, like, best group duos. I said the Wright Brothers. I love the Wright Brothers. They're so unproblematic. They're so funny. And they're just, like, have such, like, a golden retriever vibe to them where they're just, like, always happy. They're always smiling. I love that. There's some, for best group, they put four freak show in it. And it's, like, Chase Rutherford, Claire Drake, Haley Sharp, which I, who I love, Hamza, and is there another one? I think it's just them four. They're not going to win. Like, they're probably not going to be close, but, like, because this is mainly, like, big influencers. Like, these are the Addison Rays, the Bryce Halls, the D'Amelios, Griffin Johnson, Jaden Hostler, Lil Huddy. Like, those are the people that are going to win these awards. And it's like a competition between them. I mean, I get a lot of, they have like a couple million followers each. It's just, for their sketch, first of all, their whole thing where they do like Zoom meetings and stuff and have conversations, it's all, it's all planned. It's all scripted. So it's not real. Like, I mean, it's like a TV show, but it's like, like, I don't think, like, there's some people I love. Like, I like Chase Rutherford. I love Haley Sharp. I don't think Claire Drake's that funny, but she's also younger, so it might be humor to like 15-year-olds, but... I don't know that much about Hamza, but he seems like a chill dude. Um, but they're not going to win. Like, they have no chance of winning unless somehow all their fans master it. But, like, I, in the likelihood that doesn't happen, like, there's some... I feel like there's groups that they could have picked. And I don't really know off the top of my head that, like, just are having a better shot of actually winning. Like, in Taylor Sharp, like, they have better... Like, I think Claire Drake was for, like, least problematic. And Noah Miller, who's I think is hilarious, but, like, he's followed by some of the big names. Like, he is a, one of... He's closer to being a big name. He's, like, sort of on the same side of TikTok they are on, but, like, he has like, an actual shot. Like, he is there for best style, funniest TikToker, which I voted for him because I generally think he is the funniest, and he actually has a slight shot to win. But, like, to group them together for groups that they don't have a shot at... I don't, I like the goal of it, and I hope they gain followers from it and get, like, their bag, but, like, pick people that are going to win or have a shot at it, you know what I mean? Or put them in, like, Haley Sharp, I voted for for best dance creator because she's a fantastic dancer. As an individual level, these people do have a shot to win, but compared to some of the other groups, they don't. And it sucks, but that's just, you know, that's what it is. Kindest TikToker, stuff like that. Best role model. None of these people are good role models. I picked Sienna for that because I do love what she's doing with the body positive movement. And she's gotten a lot of people to, like, help with their eating disorders and realize that they are beautiful, which is amazing. So I got that. Um, Like, most active with fans and stuff. Like, none of them are actually active with fans unless, like, they're followed by the fans. Like, Noah only likes my comments and stuff. Like, he acts interacts with me a good amount, but it's because we follow each other. Like, he sees it. So, like, it, a lot of them 
I honestly, I think I picked Charlie for that. No, I picked Noah because of my personal connection, but Charlie responds to like four comments posts, which is a lot more than the other ones. The NG- New Jersey boys were also like, I think it was Alejandro was candidate for that, and I think he might win. No, I don't. Charlie's going to win that, actually. <laughs> it's not even close. Um, best style for female, I picked Ellie Zyler, who is amazing. Like, Ellie Zyler is actually one of the only fashionable people on the app. Her style is amazing. Her merch is great. If you buy these people's merch, guys, you are wasting your money. There's no point to buy any. Like, a $60 shirt with just, like, their name on it. Like, come on. It's stupid. You know it. I know it. Best style mail was Lil Huddy easily. Easily. Best ship, I put Bradison. If you didn't put Bradison for a ship, like, why? Like, they're the relationship that you just can't really root against because they embody everyone's every non-influencer relationship. Like, on again, off again, sort of toxic, but, like, you can tell they love each other. So that's why I picked them. I feel like they're best representative of it. Moving on. Breaking news, everybody. Jacob Satorius smokes weed. Oh, Yeah, I know. He literally won't shut the fuck up about it. In case you guys didn't know, Jacob Satorius is a stoner now. All of his content recently has been about him smoking weed and how he does actually smoke weed. And in case you didn't know that, Jacob Storrs smokes weed. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> he tweeted the other day, Jacob Sternertorius. And someone com- I retweeted it, let me find it. Someone quote tweeted it and said this. Only weed smokers will get this. And the other, the other TikToks about it has been like, he has like, oh, I developed this song. I was super high, you know. When when the girls smokes weed and listens to Little Peep, I fall. Like, shut up. It's because he looks like he's thirteen, but he's eighteen years old, and he wants everyone to know that he's not the same guy who like wrote Sweatshirt. But like, what does he do now? I don't think he makes music really anymore. He just you know smokes weed. It was just hilarious how much he was promoting it, and everyone was like dragging him for it. But, like, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy who lets everybody know. Like, you don't smoke weed, smoke weed. But, like, don't be the person who won't, like, hey, guys, I smoke weed in every conversation. Or, like, have it as, like, your bio, like, stoner. You know, edgy. It's just weird and people don't like it. So, please stop. We're begging you. We do not care if you smoke weed. Or do any drugs. Do what you want to do. It's just stupid. So, sort of another big thing that, like, I'm... It's kind of cool is Charlie did hit 100 million. I know I mentioned this in when I was discussing like the awards oh, nominees, but that is a huge fucking accomplishment. A hundred million people are following one person. And yes, people have tried to expose a little char- some of Charlie's followers are bots. Like they say they're following her, but when you go to their page, they're not following. Like, guys, I have bots. I have like 3,500 followers and I have plenty of bots, I'm pretty sure. Every person has bots that follow them. So does Charlie. Like, I don't know what you guys are expecting. Still, you think it's 100 million bots? 90 million bots? To 80 million bots? Like, that's still a huge accomplishment for someone of her age. She's 16. She's going to be set for life. She continues on this path of being unproblematic, good investments, branching off into different markets, becoming like a dancer. Charlie D'Amelio is set for life. And she's one of the biggest, I think icons of our age for like our generation you have to think about the musically days none of the people really sustained that level of success or even got to this close of level of success like jacob satorius baby ariel 
we don't really care that much about them now. But they only got into a certain, none of them could reach the heights of 100 million that Charlie has. That's the thing. This is like unprecedented number of people. And yes, it started off just by dancing. It could happen to anybody. And people are just mad it's not them. But keep working. You want to be Charlie D'Amelio? Be fucking Charlie D'Amelio. Like, work hard. Even though she didn't work hard, even if she just did dance, do it. Work harder than her. Be greater than she is. That should be your goal. That should be what motivates you. Not just spend all day complaining about Charlie and about how you have more talent than her. It's stupid. Also in the news, Nessa Barrett came out as bisexual. And this may not be like a big thing to most, but this is like a huge thing to a lot of people in the LGBT community. So she, first of all, was, so she's really changed up her whole style. She's like more e-girl now, like goth, black clothing and stuff. And she looks amazing in it. But so people were sort of start speculating. Then she posted a video with the sound from Sweater Weather. It's like, how does it go? I literally was listening to it earlier. Like, I know what she thinks about. Well, she thinks about one love, one loss. It's like that. And it's sort of like known on TikTok and for Gen Z as like the bi-national anthem. Sure, like Girl in Red is the lesbian national anthem. Conan Gray is the gay national anthem. Sweat, the neighborhood is bad for bisexual people. And people, she was liking, like people were commenting like, is this a sign? She was like liking it. And then she posted a video, another video with that sound. And then she said, well, guess this is my coming out post on bi. And she deleted it. I think she, she got some hate for it, but, like, good for her. Think about it. All the other TikTokers she is, like, in that popularity group with, all straight, pretty much. So this is, like, a big step for people. And she's still dating, like, a Josh Richards, so, like, this doesn't mean no one... It does, bisexual does not equal lesbian or gay. It strictly means bi. And she still sort of has that thing with Josh Richards. So, like, it's important to know, like, that that's not going to change anything. Like, her sexuality doesn't change that. And so good for Nessa. I'm proud of you. And I hope she doesn't get too much hate. Because I do think she is a good person. So, and this is good for everybody. So the last thing I want to discuss before I go is The Bachelorette had a really impactful conversation that I feel like needs to be talked about. So Taisha is only the second female, black female Bachelorette. First mixed Bachelorette, I believe. She's half black half white, I think. She's also Latina. Um, and she was on a date, a one-on-one with Ivan, who is also mixed race. He's half black, half Asian, I think. And they had a serious conversation a sort of about Black Lives Matter, about police brutality, their backgrounds being mixed race. And it was an insightful conversation. Ivan talked about sort of how his brother landed in prison after... At, like, right after his girlfriend got pregnant and having the daughter, like, spend the first few years of her life, like, talking to her dad through a prison cell. And that does, it. that's a hard thing to talk about. So, like, props to Ivan for being open and vulnerable and emotional about that because it is, that's a hard thing to talk about, is especially, like, mass incarceration. I don't know, I don't think he really dove into what he did, whether it was served or whether it was, like, framed, but either way, that is a big issue that does need to be talked about. And... Tasha talked about sort of growing up in Orange County, LA, which is like filled with a lot of rich white people, and she never really, she had a lot of Latina friends, or black friends, but there was no other like mixed people that she knew, and sort of like how it affected her, and how like during, after George Floyd, 
and the mass protests in LA, like how it sort of opened her eyes so much more and how like it hit her, like how it affected her, and then both as two black people. And one of the main things I want to talk about this, and I've seen a lot, and I'm in a bachelorette Facebook group, is there's a lot of colorism going on in Bachelor Nation, especially with Matt. Matt, so Matt James is going to be the first black bachelorette in January, and he is listed as a registered Republican. He doesn't really talk about his political views. And party registration, guys, it does not mean who you voted for. Like, it really does not have any effect. People can just register as whatever they want. Like, don't read too much into it, like, think he's a Trump supporter or not, because we don't know. And people were sort of talking about how, in this group, that, like, him being a Republican, and he's... He's, like, more of a light-skinned black person. They're like, oh, yeah, Mike Johnson was, like, too black for the show. And that's what Mike Johnson did say. He was like, I'm too black. And people were sort of diminishing Matt because he's a Republican, because he's doesn't talk as much about politics, because he is lighter-toned than Mike. It's diminishing their blackness. Like, saying that it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat or whatever, Trump supporter or Biden supporter, at the end of the day, for them, you're just like, and I, I'm talking about from other people, like, what they said. I don't want to seem like I'm speaking words, but, like, because one lady sort of called out people in the group and was like, that doesn't make them less of a black. Like, at the end of the day, they're still a black man. And that doesn't diminish if, like, how, and I, it just, it's not a good conversation to have about, like, have, how black are they? Are they too black? Are they not black enough? Are they only half black? It, like, that's just not an educational conversation that should be had and that's not something that's going to help any cause so i want you guys to be careful about what you say about calling someone not black enough because of anything or just calling someone too black because like that is like an attack because there's not like the skin tone does not affect their blackness quote-unquote is how some mostly white women are saying and and white men too Except there's not that many white men in our group chat. Um, just be careful with how you guys talk about this because colorism is a real thing. Shaming on dark skins or light skins is a problem in America. But anyway, back to the conversation that they sort of had, and I think this is important because a lot of the Bachelorettes fan, like their fans, like Bachelor Nation, a lot of them are racially insensitive. They are. All Lives Matter people, they are like, keep politics out of my TV. And I'm glad that they showed this because I know it's going to upset a lot of people and make them feel comfortable. But, like, Reality Steve says you should feel comfortable. Like, that is a good thing because, like, us feeling uncomfortable can't amount to, like, what people of color are actually feeling. Like, if uncomfortable is the worst feeling we're going to get, that's good. Like, that's something because it... It's a conversation that needs to be addressed. Black Lives Matter, police brutality, racial injustice. Like, these are things that are coming to light more often, way later than they actually should have been. And people are finally being exposed, and people are finally learning, like, the actual ramifications they have. And if you don't want to watch the show anymore, if you're pissed off about it, then good. Like, we don't care. We don't want you even watching the show, if that's how you think. I promise you, we're going to be okay. You do not need to worry about that one bit. So, it, I'm glad that they did that. But I do see a lot of people praising them for having that conversation. Yeah, no praises from me because this should have happened years ago. It took you this long to have black bachelorettes, a black bachelor, an actual cast 
with more than one or two or three people of color in it. Joe, Dr. Joe, who sadly got eliminated, people are already petitioning him for make, being the first Asian bachelor in history, and I'm, I'm all for that. I love Dr. Joe. He's a real great dude. He's a doctor. He's incredibly smart. But these are things that should not have taken this long. You're not going to get a cookie from me. Or a lot of other people who are like praising them for this. Wow, well, when it's socially acceptable to do it. What you should have done is what would have caused controversy. That's when it would have shown that you're brave and that you actually give a shit about the subject. Doing it now, like, it's good. Be better late than never. And it, hopefully it opens some eyes of some people in Bachelor Nation and being like, wow, these are real issues. But you should have done it before. And let's see, we'll see in the future seasons if they actually give a shit about it. Like, how they keep diversifying cats. Do they keep doing it? Do they keep having diverse Bachelor leads and Bachelorette leads? Do they have more conversations about social issues in America? That's how we're going to be able to tell if they care. And if they do, then props to them, because that's what they should do. So, I, again, I guys, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this. You guys are all amazing. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving week. Thankful for everything. And guys, I'm so thankful for this opportunity you have given me. And for the loyal listeners to keep listening, even if numbers go down. If, every time you get a share, subscribe, listen to it, it helps. It makes me feel great. So keep doing that, please. And I'm going to try to... Like, I want to expand this podcast as much as I have. And I've reached out to XX Khalil. We might be planning something. For he's a TikToker, playing an interview soon. I'm trying to get as much interviews as I can because that's what I truly love. Like I love talking to you, but it's it's also hard to keep talking just to myself because you can run out of things to say, and conversation you can have. So that's why I love talking to other people, see their ideas, see their perspectives, where are they coming from. Talk to people who know what it's like to be an influencer more than I do. Talk to people who receive mass hate. Like that's what I want to discuss because those are huge issues. I think. That are going on in TikTok. So again, I'm thankful. Have a fantastic next week. It's almost Christmas. And I'll see you guys next week. I don't know when. Probably Friday, Thursday, Wednesday. Love you guys.